This is why I always say I'm kind of like a dog person, not just a person who likes dogs. I'm like, literally oh, is that a dog like because when you get a puppy and it's real little, but it's like a, a mastiff, it's like a Newfoundland. Yeah. And you're like, it's got oh, huge yeah. dog paws. It's a tiny puppy, but he has huge paws. So he's going to be big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept on growing. That's probably what they said. Like, <laughs> so now Mrs. McSweeney, your baby has, you know, such big paws. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a big boy. And so I think that was my problem was that I had like. I, I was I didn't have a lot of arm muscles. I just had huge hands and huge. Feet. You needed to uh, drink drink more milk. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I was a I was a notorious milk drinker, but it didn't seem to help too much. It made my bones strong for sure, but not anything else. I drank so much milk that like you could barely clip my toenails. Yeah, yeah. See, I uh I played a lot of soccer. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> You need like, uh, you know, like bolt cutters. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, um, oh my gosh. Um, so no, the other thing that's really weird, uh, was that like I played soccer, right? But since my feet were really, really huge, I had a lot more surface area to like hit the ball with. Oh, nice. So I could do a lot more, um, like curve stuff, but because my foot wasn't very small, it also was more like wearing a like scuba gear flipper. <laughs> So it like absorbed a lot of the impact and it didn't go as fast. <laughs> it was like, like this is the sound it made when I kicked. You should have been more of a blocker then. I, guess. I was, I was a, I was a center advanced midfielder. I did a lot of passing. I, I wasn't uh, trusted to uh, shoot most of the time. <laughs> it would just f- like, like drift into the goalie's hand. Uh, but yeah. Um, so you guys ready to start? Let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Man, that was so good, boys. It's been a long time. Been too long. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus, and so much more. It's been a long time. All right. It hasn't been a lonely time because even though. Uh, COVID is still a thing. We have had a chance to hang out, so it's mm-hmm. not been too terrible. We've been hanging out, and uh, really, we just took a week off from recording. But yep, just trying to get life back together. Feels good to be back. I yeah, have buddy. A, I have an announcement that makes me feel a lot of joy. I'm entering into a new transitional yeah. place in my life where I'm starting a new job, so I'm excited for that. And uh, I will. I would love to just give not anything confidential necessarily, but I would love to just over the course of the next couple of months give some cool like uh stories about my work over there at excel so um i'm very excited uh i will let you all know what the lord is leading me into mm-hmm. he's going into uh more of a child development sort of realm so yeah which i that'll think that'll be good yeah, yeah. i'm excited uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm excited for you colin this is I, gonna be awesome for you i want to trick kids into taking my name with junior on the end <laughs> and then i will <laughs> sick them on people i'll be like <laughs> Oh, how, how, how was your day with little uh, Chandler? And I'll be like, don't you mean Colin Jr.? <laughs> and then they'll, I'll spin him around. He'll be wearing the same shirt as me and his hair. will be like Shaggy. <laughs> be like, he is now my son, my friend yeah. and my son. Colin, that is your like idea of like making disciples. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll say, go oh on, Colin goodness. Jr. Say it, say it, say it. <laughs> the book of James is the best book in the whole Bible. <laughs> there you go. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that when you're an adult like me. Good stuff. No, okay. So, um, Zach, uh, before we get into the worship, 
Can you give us a brief summary about what we're about to enter into in terms of like a three week series? Here? Yeah, I guess I can kind of introduce the topic a little bit, but uh, the three of us were kind of talking about ideas for podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we it's been a while since we've done any where we kind of talked about our personal stories a bit. Yeah, you know, know, we've shared our testimonies. Um, we've talked a bit about like different transitions we've made in life, like quitting jobs and things like that. Sure. Um, this is going to be more about like our spiritual development, something I've been kind of thinking about a lot lately. Um, so each of us starting with me, I'm going to kind of like provide the example here. <laughs> yeah. Step out, break the ice. Um, we're going to each take an episode and kind of highlight like a growth area where God has like helped us overcome a place where we've struggled or a place where we just needed to mature a little bit. Um, and kind of how that's played out in our lives and where God has been good to us. And so my hope is that this will be a good um, resource, like for anybody who's dealing with some of the same things that we have dealt with. You can be mm-hmm. encouraged and know that God works through that. So so one of the things real quick, I just want to say also is um, the the act of really like self analysis mm-hmm. is is. Some people would rail against it. I, I would say it's like a very healthy thing for a Christian. Uh, you think some people would rail against it? Really? Well, just like over nitpicking over their like shortcomings. I and think stuff that, like that it's it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. You don't always want to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Well, yeah. so so uh, I would say maybe a different word would be it's hard. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, all I was going to say was in the past episodes, we have talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of us have talked at least in some degree about mm-hmm. like, yeah. little things that are things we've sort of been dealing with or overcoming, but we've never oh, done, sure. dedicated episodes yeah. to yeah. it. So it's a good opportunity yeah. to do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think a view of self-evaluation is a very healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's one of the neat things that I've, I've, I've always heard that if, um, that if you want to learn something more fully, you teach it. And, and from that same principle, this idea of like, going through and evaluating ourselves we're more or less teaching who we are and our own weaknesses, allowing us to in many ways learn more about our own selves and yeah, definitely and thus allowing us to see even some of the weaknesses we're dealing with now that we may not fully realize up front going into this. Right. That's awesome. So Zach, this is based on, first of all, um, I just wanted to oh, introduce the, like one verse. Real that's quick. okay. That's okay. Cause it ties in the song and the topic. Absolutely. But Paul wrote this in first Corinthians 12, nine, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Um, and so it's all about the fact that it's God's power that works through us when we're weak. He comes in and makes up for that those things. And you know what I've heard about that power is that you can't fly over buildings or put out fires. Yeah, you're a weakling. Why can't you like do superhero things? <laughs> can't uh, can't change tires. <laughs> can't change tires. Um, can't, so can't catch a bullet. Can't catch a bullet between my teeth. Um, no X-ray vision. No fast feet. No fast feet. <laughs> I love the way you wrote that. Fast feet. So uh, if you don't know what song we're referencing, because it's my favorite, one of it, it would. Maybe take the second place seat to uh, this, the one we serve, mm-hmm. but power is definitely my favorite of his new yeah. writings. Uh, so we've decided to oh, put yeah. an extra fun uh, bluegrass version. version of uh, power. Uh, yeah. It could, uh, 
it could be argued that power uh, has a fun melody line in it, uh, yeah. and so it'll be fun to 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 hear that with the. Uh, and you might hear a little bluegrass. bit of a little bit of rhythm from a certain birthday gift. Ooh, <laughs> we'll talk about that after. We'll see, yeah. Um, but yeah, without further ado, here we go. Weakness fine 
you for giving us another opportunity to come together. Um, God, we have to lay at your feet our weaknesses, but also we have to relinquish um, human control in a lot of ways. Uh, we have to admit that we are not God, so we do have human um, attributes which is where you come in. So tonight and for the next couple of weeks, we just pray that you would reveal to us the power that you're transforming power. Um, and it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 So awesome. Zach, speaking of a, just a human <laughs> with flaws, speaking of that, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Let's Listen. start it. Yeah, so we joked about making each one of these just kind of like a grill session. No, you know? no, I don't. I want to want to. I, I, my, my well, thing, you know, you're going next. So. Yeah, I know. Well, what's funny is uh, before pre prefacing this, before Zach was like, "Hey, so I put some notes up." And normally, if you're the person in our podcast, like if if one of the three of us mm -hmm. is the primary notes writer, mm -hmm. we put it up and we say like, "Hey, you guys, go ahead and look at it, add to it." And uh, and I'm like thinking at work, I'm like. I just saw the notes and the subject matter is Zach's weaknesses. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. So I'm like, okay, on, first of all, he wears flannel shirts. He says he's not a hipster. He's got horn room glasses. He works in Starbucks. Let's just, uh, let's, let's get that going. <laughs> no. So, so my whole thing was like, it's more of a joke to even add any note that you would add. Yeah. It's like, um, I just added a small note and Zach's like, what are you trying to say? Listen, you, you didn't you didn't pay last time for dinner, okay? Okay, we both knew it. It was awkward. <laughs> so anyway, sorry. After no, you, Zach. That's awesome. Cool. So um, as we go through this, maybe I thought, um, Bob, if you wanted to kind of like ask the questions mm -hmm. and then kind of keep us. And I'll peanut gallery. Kind of going through. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what you do best. <laughs> no, I know. Right? Oh. oh. Hey, it's not my episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess let, let, let's start by maybe uh, talking about uh, what are some of the areas of growth that you that you would yeah. have experienced. One of the things that um, I've always wanted to be less like concerned about in my life, but that I kind of struggle to kind of put behind me is um, kind of this need of wanting to feel significance. Um, I want to feel kind of important. Um, and a lot of this. For some reason, um, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but the thing that kind of becomes an idol to me at times is like my job or a position or like, what are you doing? I always mm -hmm. used to hate the question, um, what now, what do you do for a living ever since I got out of yeah. college? And it's almost like I kind of had a chip on my shoulder <laughs> in a way. I, understand I was thinking about, mean. yeah, I was thinking about this the other night because all three of us kind of graduated like sort of around the time of like not a great economy mm -hmm. and it was yeah. like harder to find jobs. Although it's even harder now to find jobs in the field we were looking in the for. field we were looking for. Yeah. It's like, what is a media job? It's like now weird. it's like YouTube, right? That's where all the money defined, is yeah. or something. You kind of have to make your own way these yeah. days. But I, mm -hmm. I do remember like one time like feeling like super, super defeated because when I was in college, I didn't have uh, the use of a car. And so I had to find an internship that was within walking distance. And there was a guy who had a production company like in all, kind of off of Main Street, right close to our um, college campus. And I walked down there and talked to him and he was going to train me and do like an internship with me for a whole semester. And then like one night 
I got an email from him that just said like, hey, sorry, this thing came up. I have this huge opportunity where I'm going to go uh, film a documentary in India yeah. and I'm gone. Like I'll be gone the whole semester. So I won't be able to do your internship. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I just felt like defeated and like ditched. You know, <laughs> I think right. I, I have this like memory of like walking through the snow <laughs> at EKU, just like, oh, <laughs> sad music playing. But it, it felt, you know, it felt bad because it was like, oh, I had a chance to like do something cool. And now, like, I don't know, I might have to find something lame. So I don't have as many options. Can I can I um, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to tell you I, I'm, yeah. I'm actually I'm, I want to. Uh, mm-hmm. bring your attention to maybe certain points in your life. Cause we, we've, yeah. we've lived life together now yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. All three yeah, of us have. have. Um, but I lived a little life a little more closely with Zach because we worked mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. I saw the transformation that happened in you at soft shoe. Yeah. And it wasn't a good transformation <laughs> in some ways. And so maybe, yeah. maybe it so was ultimately some of, yeah. So a lot of struggling with this happened later on too. Like after I graduated and ha- like me and you both had degrees and we mm. just, it was hard for us to find work in like television without going into something where you have to like sacrifice a lot and like move away. Basically you have to, you have yeah. to work for free for like a year. Yeah. You have to move to where they yeah. want you to go. And so we had trouble doing that, even though like we kind of wanted to break into TV, we didn't want to work for like a news station, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there were times where I felt really down on myself for the dumb reason of like, not being in the place that I felt like I should have been and there at was, the time. And, and I think that, well, I wanted to, again, I'm not going to tell you what's wrong with you or anything, yeah. um, but I noticed uh, an attitude change in you um, in, the, in mm. the transition from the BCM position to like us doing video stuff to soft shoe and, and beyond. Yeah. Because while we were both working at soft shoe, we were doing video stuff. Yeah. But you had once confided in me that you felt like what you were doing day to day didn't feel like it was mm-hmm. in any way. I complained a about that thing. all the time. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. like, what's, you know, what's, what this am I even job? doing? What am I doing? Like I'm not doing time. something that yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. is actually doing something and yeah. you don't feel like that's, it's, it's meaningful in any way. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, actually not rooted yeah. in like something bad necessarily. Yeah. But you said this was a shortcoming that really mm. stems into a deeper thing. It was like the inability to just chill out and trust God to like bring you where he wants you. Right. I remember okay. I even had, um, you know, we had a old mentor at our church, a guy named Scott. Yeah. And um, Scott worked for like an organization who did a bunch of mission stuff in Haiti. And I, like I thought mm-hmm. um, like, oh, something like that would be like so cool. And I remember having lunch with him and just complaining that like I felt like I was stuck working this retail job. But then he told me that like he did, you know, jobs like that for years and years and years, right. you know. And so that kind of like helped me along a little bit. A um, couple of ways to kind of just like describe like how this feeling is, is it's not necessarily all about what just what people think, but it's kind of like what I think of myself is part more of the huge part of it. I mean, but people are a mirror yeah, in a lot of they ways. They are. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that I don't care what people think. Like I want to seem like a cool dude or whatever. But like, you know, um, if I don't feel like I'm doing something important, I almost used to feel like ashamed to like explain, well, this is my job right now. <laughs> you know, there's a worth yeah. aspect to it too. Yeah. Right? Like you yeah. felt like your, your worth, your mm-hmm. value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and so when we get to my episode, and I, I, the truth is I'm actually still uh, in a weird, mysterious place with Bob. I have my, 
guess about what he will say is a weakness of his because he's mentioned it to me before. But I think that we're all going to come down to a similar theme. Yeah. And it might be pride. So we'll talk about it. Well, pride, <laughs> pride is kind of like the beginning of like a lot of stuff. Well, because, oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. if you think about the root mm-hmm. of most pride stuff, mm-hmm. it stems out of like yourself kind of yeah. being like a, a, a thing that's more concerning, like the the self aspect a little more concerning than something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, it, it manifests in the three of us differently, mm-hmm. but I just, I just remembered that even though I know you felt that way at the time at soft shoe, I understood mm-hmm. that it could be inferred that you were just saying like, this isn't really a ministry and I want to yeah. be doing something more for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you would come out of BCM where you were the head of a worship team. Yeah. So to go from head of the worship team to like a backroom kind of sub stock slash manager that was sort kinda of like middle stock, of the road. Yeah. Feeling it, like you're getting yelled at. Inventory manager. You were yelled at from beneath. <laughs> you were yelled at from above. Yeah, yeah. But but you were so you were getting all the flack from a like ministry job, but with none of the yeah. ministry. Well, and here's the thing: like when you're in like a college ministry, mm-hmm. you're really not responsible for that much, and yeah. yet you get to have like all the fun. And yeah. so a lot of us that you know do a lot of cool campus ministry stuff or just have like a really fun college experience in general you do kind of experience a slump when you're like separated from that yeah yeah i agree cool all right sorry i didn't mean to uh (laughs) i was just i that was my one personal experience with you and i i remember you telling me a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. about how you were feeling oh yeah you walked through a lot of that with me (laughs) (laughs) definitely so you talked about some of the issues that you that you struggle with, like yeah. the feelings of worth and, and things like that. But what are some ways that it kind of has uh, showed up in the past for you? Yeah, I think um, part of it was like when I did have that feeling that I like wasn't where I should be or wasn't doing like work that mattered or whatever. Um, I had trouble expressing it to uh, anybody like without I think I talked to you a lot, Colin, about it. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of people like. I didn't want to let on that I felt like I was failing in some way either. And so, um, you know, I think that there were times at that old job that, you know, even if outwardly I didn't wasn't like doing anything like I would come into it with like a inner like sort of angst, you know. And I think people that like worked with me more closely would kind of see that sometimes. I think Nick, yeah, I think like Nick let it come out. Nick had mentioned yeah. to me that. And then I think yeah. Adam at times. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. I just, um, I had trouble seeing it as a ministry. And I think I realized like now looking back on it, that there were a lot of opportunities for ministry that I, that I just kind of missed because well, I wasn't kind of thinking of it that way, you know? Sure. Yeah. You know, it's weird. I just had a conversation about this. Uh, call it what you want, but it's funny that we're bringing up this idea of like ministry and like mm-hmm. regular jobs. Yeah. Because um, as I'm transitioning out of this job I'm currently at, uh, I was talking to Dustin and I said, every job I go into, I try and find a ministry opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so it was weird going into conduit and just feeling like burdened with stress all the time. Yeah. And for a time I had a, Christian coworker, but even that was kind of negative uh, energy or whatever you want to say, negative uh, influence on me. And so um, as much as I want to believe that every job is a ministry opportunity, sometimes it's it's almost an oppressive thing Mm -hmm. where you're almost ministry is like stifled. And I think it might have been at that point in like the last maybe year or so of soft shoe, you left and I was there without you. And I was like, hmm, it's time you get kind of burdened. Yeah. 
Um, I do want to talk about like kind of a, a double edged sword thing of like how this worked out in the past. And I had a very interesting conversation with, um, with Jake one day Okay. because Jake, I think has kind of a similar thing where, but his is more like, he feels like he needs to keep working to improve like on his work. Yeah. And he was kind of explaining that to me and I was like, I kind of, mine is sort of similar to that. Um, but it kind of, it's a double edged sword because it drives you to like work harder. So like, you know, like, you remember we used to do like concerts and things on yeah. campus and stuff. I would always say like, how can I make this better and better and better? Mm-hmm. How can we get more people here? Mm-hmm. How can we make this more exciting? And I feel like that drove sure. me to do like some pretty awesome things with it. Yeah. But part of it was because I was so driven because I wanted to feel important <laughs> because I was putting on a cool show. Yeah. And so I wonder how much better it could have been if I just was a little more chill about that and just was trying to make it all about the kingdom, you know? It's, I was yeah. making it about the kingdom. You were, you were, but it was, you but, know, but with an ulterior motive, but it was with also the motive of like, yeah, how can I be the coolest like, impact for the kingdom? Yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. something and, that makes me feel like I'm doing a big ministry, you know, <laughs> and we've, and we've talked about it on a different episode about like yeah. this, the, the duality of like purpose of yeah. worship and stuff. I, I think I, I will say Bob uh, kind of opened my eyes about this. I think it was Bob who said this, but the idea that like, worship music and like Christian music are, are just like just different. I yeah. Was, you can have Christian music. That's not worship. And you so know? when yeah. you get mm-hmm. into that field where it's like just a Christian song, like need to breathe and oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're on my team now. <laughs> no. I, so, so, and just, I like need to breathe, <laughs> you know, brother, let me be your shelter. People are doing it as worship, not a worship songs. Song. And I'm like, is it though? So, so the, um, the, I guess the, point i would i would make is that if you were in that space where you were doing uh (laughs) doing christian songs yeah it might not have been again this is the tricky thing about ministry i feel like and zach you've touched Mm -hmm. on it is that what what is the uh hell is paved with good hell the road to hell is paved with good good intentions intentions. yep Yep. so i think that in your heart you did have good intentions but there Mm -hmm. is also your weakness just sitting side by side yeah dipping his toes in or yeah and so if it's a part in you that God hasn't like fully like restored completely yet. He's mm-hmm. still working on they, those are where ministry can actually end up being dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you see like people like go into mm-hmm. ministry thinking they've got it all figured out. Oh yeah. And well, you like, never like, do. Like, like, you never Especially do. if you're in college. Months, months ago, we, we actually had an episode talking about this. It's one of the few, very few kind of hot take ish <laughs> style episodes we ever had. And um, where we're talking about, uh, you know, worship leaders who end up walking away from the faith, even at times. Uh, So people who are thrusted into a significant ministry position Mm -hmm. when they're not ready for those situations. Now, I don't think that was the case with you, Zach, necessarily at all. But you're making the you're making the point point that it's very it can but but that it can, as Zach pointed out, be very dangerous uh, depending on the situation because you tend to make it all about you, whether uh, whether intentionally or subconsciously. But yeah. A lot of Christians would say, though, uh, uh, I'm sort of weird on the, on the fence on this, but a lot of Christians would say, if you're concerned about something like mm-hmm. that at all, it means that like you're already in a better place. Yeah. Because you're actually concerned <laughs> about it, even if you like stumble, yeah. that's a good place to be, to be mm-hmm. concerned about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think God revealed a lot of this stuff to me more later on. And I guess mm-hmm. we'll kind of get into that as we go forward. Yeah. Sure. So with that being said... Uh, when was there an opportunity to grow in these situations that you that you uh, that you're that you're pointing out to us? 
Yeah. Um, God has revealed these things to me, like first off little by little, but Mm -hmm. then in some big and powerful ways more recently in the last, uh, I don't know, four years or so. Um, so 20 end of 2018, beginning of 2019 was when, uh, Kara Mm -hmm. and I were called to leave the church we were going to and where I was Mm -hmm. also working. Now this was a full time ish kind of job. Most ministry is full time, even if you're not getting paid for full time. Yeah. (laughs) So this one was actually like pretty sweet gig because it was like, you know, technically like 29 and a half hours. So it was still part time, right? but it paid pretty good. And, um, I, it wasn't hard and, um, it was an impressive title being like worship leader of like two different services. Felt kind of big felt, there. Felt you like know? you're a big boy, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. I was, hey, a, I was there. It was a good big boy job. <laughs> Colin had, had the same job too. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk about no, his experience. Yeah. Also at some point. I, I got wrecked yeah. in a completely different way. My weakness different. was revealed completely differently. Yeah. It's funny how like ministry will reveal your weaknesses <laughs> pretty easily. What does Ken say? <laughs> as soon as you jump into ministry, you get a target on your back. You get, yeah. You get, um, that's true. Mm-hmm. You, the mm-hmm. enemy might exploit some of those flaws. Um, so for me, It was interesting because I knew the church was not the right church, but I felt like the job, like if you could separate the job just completely from the church, the job was like the perfect job. And I loved having a good job. (laughs) It felt great, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So God really had to like break me of that to see that it was time for us to leave. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge thing to deal with. And so I felt like I kind of took a huge hit there for a while, like. I knew that it was the right thing to do, but it was so hard for me to recover from. Um, Hmm. But I prayed and worked through the situation a whole bunch. And I remember like a couple of the last Sundays I was there, God just kind of really gave me more of a peace about it. And, you know, what's funny was I wanted God to um, work in my life in the way of like giving me a brand new career opportunity and opening a brand new door. And he did, he opened those doors, but it was different than I ever expected. I thought maybe, I thought maybe like (laughs) another full-time job would open up and it would just be like a miraculous sort of thing. Instead, the more like miraculous work that God did was in me, like changing me. That's right. You know, like that was more of what he was doing. And so um, I was also reading Henry Nowen, which is um, In the Name of Jesus is his book that I was reading. And it's the one I got you guys for Christmas. Um, Hmm. Now and then? Now and then. Now and later. There you go. He was was a professor at Harvard, and he's like a Catholic priest. And um, he was so he taught at like the Divinity School. And he had a very fancy job title. But God called him to forsake that even though it was like really flashy, really important, really well respected. Um, God called him to make a change and he moved to a community where he worked all with like mentally disabled people. Um, mm. And it's not a very like powerful position. You know, he's like, sure. a, he's, he's kind of like a chaplain, you know, where he's at. And so um, the quote that he gave in his book that I really like is he says, the Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant. So make you think of like a certain like Christian magazine yeah, <laughs> called relevant, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the Christian leader of the future is called to be completely irrelevant and to stand in this world with nothing to offer, but his or her own vulnerable self. And so it's not about me like 
doing important work and like getting all this cool stuff done for the kingdom. It's about me giving myself away, you know, and God just kind of showed me that. And it was hard. It was hard for me to wrap my mind around that. But, um, I think the more I kind of step into it, the more I kind of like where God leads in that direction. I like that too. Yeah. Would you say that there was kind of an aha moment for you? Yeah. So the, the process of leaving the church, uh, kind of led me into this like self evaluation period that lasted for a couple years. And, uh, you know, God brought me to like a different job, but, um, I kind of had a really different outlook while I was there. Um, God brought us to a new church. Um, and in this situation, you know, um, it's not about me being the worship leader. Like I'm serving as the worship leader right now, but I could probably step away and it wouldn't really be that much different. I just kind of happen to be the person, you know, organizing everybody at the moment. Gotcha. But I'm like not, you know, it's not based on just my gifts at all, which I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest aha moment, though, was when we decided to move. Um, have you guys ever felt like you were just like stuck and you just like couldn't figure out the solution to a problem in your life? Um, I feel like that is my main job yeah. at times. Mine is obviously very <laughs> code specific, but yeah. I, I feel that way multiple times a week. Yeah. So you're just like stuck on a problem. That's like, kind of yeah, it's like, how, how do I, how do I get, work. how do I get this yeah. application and do yeah. this thing that I, I wanted to do? I know it can do, but yeah. I'm trying to figure out how do I make it happen? And I can't figure it out. And yeah. so just trying to work through that and sometimes relying on my coworkers as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, feeling stuck is, uh, is, is, is a normal yeah. feeling for me in a lot of ways. I'm not picking on Colin because I know like we've had a lot of conversations about this. Basically, my life story is being stuck <laughs> and having a problem I can't solve. But yeah. it's okay. You uh, know, well, you, you know. know, I'm strug- I'm I'm yeah. working through it with God. I'm I'm working through it with yeah. my wife. We'll we'll get there. Yeah. I just I just don't know when, and I can't know what God's doing with it. That's very true, and that's very mature of you to recognize that. But yeah, that's something that I think we've all struggled with. Is like. You're like, oh, man, I just know that my life needs to change in some way and I'm ready for it. I just don't know, like, what needs to happen. So um, me and my wife were both living in one town and I was driving north about an hour and she was driving south about an hour for work and for school and stuff. Um, And we were like, we just can't keep doing this. Like, we were getting home late and hardly having any time for each other. And we had been talking for the last couple of years about wanting to have a kid. Right. And we're like, what are we going to do? Because like we both felt passionate about what we were doing. And I would have never, never asked her to leave her job unless she felt called to do it. Mm-hmm. She would never, never ask me to like when I'm finished with school, like not try to like work around Lexington or Richmond. And Lexington's kind of like a bigger city. And for a long time, I actually kind of saw myself maybe kind of moving more towards that more towards a city yeah. or even like somewhere else. And it's kind of that, like, because like city ministries are like pretty cool. Like you feel like you're making like a huge impact, you know, that sort of thing. I do. There's a lot of people around and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many people who need Jesus here. The weird thing you is know? I've always had a weird aversion towards big cities. And mm-hmm. it's not like I, it's not like I hate lots of people or buildings. It's just this weird, like thing where I almost feel like choked by it. Yeah, but um, I get you. But I, but for me, I grew up in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is a, it's got a lot of mm-hmm. cityness to it. Yeah, and so I guess I, 
I, I grew up with that. Yeah. So it's been like refreshing to live in not such a big populated yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But even now that I've lived in Kentucky and Richmond for a long time, I still am like, I go, yeah. like I told the story the other day, I go to Lexington mm-hmm. and Jessica's like, we need to go to this one store downtown. I'm like, okay, great. I get to what is like the heart of downtown where there's like the courthouse and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, all I need to do is turn left and go there. Okay. That's yeah. good. And then like, nobody lets me over cause it's like cramped or <laughs> going one mile yeah. an hour. Yeah. Then I try and turn left. I realize it's a one way street going right. So then I have to go past it and turn left and make like a U-turn. Yeah. But then I go the other side and that's just a one way street going right. And then I'm like, wait, I can't actually go to that street. And everybody's like, what are you doing? You idiot. You're going down the wrong street. They really need <laughs> Jesus there, man. Like, and then I'm just like, I'm just like, why yeah. did I come up here again? Right. <laughs> well, you know, like I recognize like all of that. And I think like that was my stereotypical view is like the city is where like you can make a bunch of disciples because yeah, you're no, starting fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the idea of like going to like a small town in the Bible Belt, like even closer to the center of the Bible Belt uh-huh. <laughs> than here. And, and you could make the case that bigger cities are probably the ones in more need of like mm-hmm. a good pastor. Oh, good and minister. I love feeling needed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, I do too in a different way. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll talk about that. I can't wait. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, I can't wait. He's like I rubbing his hands wait. together. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So God had to just kind of like deal with me and and remind me that people need Jesus everywhere, you know. And so He kind of like broke down a lot of my like aspirations for like ministry career calling, and you know He kind of reminded me like. Mm-hmm. Zach, you're not making this about me right now. You're just like making this about like what you think is cool. <laughs> so I wanted to, I wanted to bring up something, uh, like a theme. like I said, um, yeah. so I do believe that all three of our weaknesses are going to come down to pride in, 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 in mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to just quote just a quick, like out of context, which I barely do. But, um, in James four verse 10, it says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. And mm-hmm. I think that is a yeah. short version of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So we will get further into scripture, I believe, but um, a lot of what the scripture, when, when referring to pride and success, would say that um, oftentimes when you are proud, you kind of live in an aversion to God and God doesn't feel like he is going to bless you in that point. Mm-hmm. And so it's only when we relinquish control and relinquish our right. pride yeah. and are humble to God that he reveals yeah. something a way he's exalting you. And I think for you uh, and Kara, it was going to Corbin. Yeah. Seeing that your idea of like the perfect situation may not have actually been perfect for you. Yeah. And yeah. so I can definitely attest like God has um, been moving in our lives because of, I think partly, uh, you know, I'm not like the kind of person who's like, do this, this or that. And God will just like bless you. But I think that in some ways, like his um, what he wants to do can be hindered when you're not willing to like submit or like give things up. And so for me, I just realized that what God wanted me to do was to get into a position where I can give myself to my family more. Right. Uh, And I think that that will help me give myself to others outside of my family. Hmm. Um, And so after God kind of broke me down and I was like, okay, let's start looking for houses in Corbin. Um, that was when we found out that Kara was pregnant, you know? And so like huge blessings, just kind of like confirming and like leading us along the way. Um, and then the other thing that's interesting about the move was that it forced me just to take whatever job was available in smaller towns. There's less 
different things that you can do. There might right. be less options. Sure. And sure. there were like two, two or three different jobs I was kind of looking at. And I feel like as I kind of prayed about it, like what God opened up for me was just being a barista at Starbucks. And so I'm kind of in that situation again. <laughs> Zach, can I, <laughs> that seems kind of like uh, beneath you though. Beneath you. <laughs> yeah. Making coffee, a man of your talents. <laughs> How dare you go down there with the bottom dweller? You're wasting your life, man. No, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, uh, it is just one of those things that it's not a job that's like super tough. Um, it's not. Flashy. It is though. Hold it, on. Well, let me just let me make it. It is tough. I'm saying it's not tough in a uh, like mental, like managerial sort of way. For ah, me. okay. So what I think of as hard, a hard job is like, you know, jobs at churches and stuff where everybody's like emailing you every five seconds. Sure. Um, at my job, yeah, there's a lot like that you could complain about um, because you do have to be like on your feet and you got to be quick and uh, you got to work hard. Mm-hmm. But do a lot of multitasking. Multitasking and, and sometimes even like physical labor. Quotas like, to meet in timely fashion. Things like that. Yeah. I'm not downplaying it at all. Um, I was just going to say, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is if you, if you think that jobs like that are easy and they should, you know, and this is not a minimum wage argument or anything, but, uh, uh, because we don't talk politics. It's more like an appreciation for people who do it. Yes. So so I would say, so I would say, I've always felt that way. If you ever watch undercover boss, and they, yeah, they say, yeah. hey, my name is Marty, and I'm a new employee, and they put him at the on the burger grill. He immediately gets fired in like 15 minutes. That's true. They're like, I'm sorry, <laughs> this guy just is not cutting it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's... <laughs> Dropping there's, buns on the floors. There's definitely like a learning curve, like, um, you know, I'm basically just like ringing people up, and there's like a thousand buttons, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> sometimes. So, yeah. Like, I didn't want to focus on yeah, that. I was just saying yeah. that, like, uh, I think it's funny uh, because... I do think it's, I, I actually think that to me, it would be more stressful yeah. to work at Starbucks it can be, than to work yeah. at this Excel place. Right. But people yeah. would see it completely opposite. I think for mm-hmm. me, I was, I'm in mm-hmm. a, I'm just in a space where I kind of need a break from like a high pressure. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, people emailing you all the time. You're responsible for a lot of events that kind of like work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, to each his own sort of with that. But um, I really only just say that just to mention that, like, even though that's the kind of job like I might have at one point looked at and been like, oh, man, I'm going to be like serving coffee when I'm 34. You know, Um, there's nothing to be ashamed of about it because I'm literally doing it like for kingdom reasons. (laughs) Like now I get now I get to like practice like serving people on a daily basis. I'm like serving people out the drive through window and telling them to have a nice day and you know, God bless and things. And, uh, I'm also, um, taking all the advantages that like working for a big company like that gives you and using it for my family and thus for the kingdom, you know, (laughs) like, I think a really good way you could do ministry at Starbucks would be to get like some kind of employee discount or like a 10% off thing. And then they come to the window and it's like, it's six 58 or it could be five 47. If you tell me what church you're currently going to, and if you're not, will you come to my church? That's perfect. <laughs> Guilt them into the discount. <laughs> they give you, um, when you work there, they give you a free bag of coffee every week, like a bag, like, you know, oh, wow. yeah. a pound bag of beans. Yes. I can't drink that much coffee. No, so no. We're giving it away. A yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Side note, Bethany used that for Christmas gifts. 
Yeah, um, we've already, Christmas yeah. gift. Yes, in December. So she would often give away bags of coffee for Christmas to friends and family, specifically because, it, you know, I mean, you, I mean, it's it, it is a lower wage job. It's 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 great, uh, and so and so in that, those situations, you know, you're looking mm. to save every penny you can, right? Yep. And it makes for a fabulous Christmas gift. Colin, it, it, Colin it is, is a over good here. Quality gift. Colin is over here, like Rusty from Christmas Vacation. Great, can't wait to see what I got. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Colin doesn't hey. drink coffee, but that is okay. I, I'm um, not a coffee guy for sure. So, yeah, but, no, but I can tell you right now, Bethany would appreciate it. I would say, like, if you're the kind of person who has like the same kind of struggle, like you just want to feel important, and you're like, oh, I gotta like be the top dog at like a job or whatever, <laughs> just temporarily take like a service job. Mm-hmm. It'll do wonders for you and do it. You're right. Try to do it without like ever complaining. Like I haven't complained once since I've been there. Haven't been there very long. I'm sure I will at some point, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like seeing how long I can go without like ever like inwardly like complaining to myself. But, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> that, like that, a challenge. That, for that's me. a pretty awesome goal. Yeah. So it makes me think, have you guys ever seen the episode of the Simpsons where, um, Homer gets like stuck working at the, um, at the nuclear power plant. Like that's kind of the trope is he works at the nuclear yeah. power plant, just right, like right? Pressing buttons every right. day. Um, there's one where Mr. Burns comes in, and I forget like all the the details episode, of the, the details of the episode, but I found the picture of it. He puts this thing on the wall that says, "Don't forget, you're here forever," <laughs> just to remind Homer that yeah. he's just like stuck. Keep him low and keep stuck. him low. Yeah, and so eventually Homer starts putting up pictures of Maggie, their baby. Um, just over, like he puts it over like the N and the apostrophe and like he puts it over like the get in forget, you know, and eventually it says do it for her. Yeah. You know? And so like that's for some reason, like that image just like popped up in my mind when I was like, I got to find a job. (laughs) Right. I'm doing this for my family. (laughs) You know? I mean, that's, that's a good mentality. See? Yeah. When, when there's no ministry to be had necessarily in the environment you're in, maybe yeah. mm-hmm. it's always good to remember that you are ministering to your family in mm-hmm. some regard. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's what conduit was for me for many years was just yeah. like, I know this is good financial stuff for our family. So I'm willing to stick it out through the stress. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. Well, you've already talked about this a little bit, but tell us a little more about some of the things you've learned uh, from uh, while you've been growing in these, right. these areas. So just like five little quick okay. like, observations. And we, okay. can, we can talk a little bit about each one. But the first one is kind of the most obvious thing is it's not all about me. It's about God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, when you're a Christian, you say that you believe that, um, but you have to like find your way to live it out. And I'm guessing that like, that's going to be a theme as we go through this. Like <laughs> you're finding your way to just remember it's not all about you. Even <laughs> even Ken told me that one time. I was like, oh, I hope I did really good on this like talk that I gave to the students and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you did, but it's not about you. And I was like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> so thanks, Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was good at that. Um, the second one is just about how like the kingdom is different uh, than the world's expectations. I kind of preached about this on Sunday. Um, but there's a verse also from Paul, first Corinthians one eighteen. He says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And so again, like, um, serving God and like following him, it also kind of goes along with like our cost of discipleship sort of thing. Like we were talking about, like 
There's no discipleship without sacrifice. That's it. Is that what it was? Yeah. Go back well, and listen to that episode. Because <laughs> the point of that yeah. one, the point of that one is that so many people like look like they're going to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and he has to kind of like gut check them and say like, listen, where I go, there's no like place to hang your coat and whatever. And mm-hmm. then they're like, oh, and then they don't yeah. want to do it. Or there's another person who's like, let me do this thing first. Mm-hmm. And then he's yeah. like, listen. If you have to say that, then you're not ready, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like the stepping into process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the other thing is like the small things you do in your life to be obedient matter. And a lot of times more than the big things. I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I've read, been reading this book about um, there's this community in France during World War II. It's called Les Chambones. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had a bunch of pastors and a bunch of citizens of this town. They all took in Jewish refugees during World War II um, when the Nazis were after them. And the guy who researched it was this guy who like went around and talked to a bunch of like the surviving members of the town and like the main pastor and stuff. Mm -hmm. He got to know a lot of those guys. And he said um, that the things like... World War II was fought with like a bunch of decisions by like generals and like armies and stuff moving. But really like the thing that changed the tide of the war was like little decisions. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it might be like a husband and wife, like talking in the kitchen. Like, are we, you know, what are we going to do if somebody comes to our door? Like it's those things that seem kind of insignificant. But as you, um, as you kind of practice like that small amount of kindness, it makes you bolder and more willing to like step out and like serve God. Um, so you got to develop yourself by like letting God lead you to serve him just even in just like small ways. Bible says to whom, um, to who is faithful with little, much will be given. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm always reminded of is when you're seeking God, you're always moving forward. Like, even if it doesn't seem like it. So like, when I was working a retail job for five years, I thought like, Oh, am I just like stuck here? Mm. Um, but God might be moving you forward in just like little ways. Um, but you probably won't realize it until way later. Um, Psalm one nineteen one Oh five, which is also a great Amy Grant song mm-hmm. says, uh, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And so oh, imagine that psalm. Uh, yeah, yeah. One nineteen. I thought I thought it was the psalm that sing that says, "That's what love is for." <laughs> yeah, that's a different psalm by Amy Grant. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Think about a lamp unto your feet, and how that's different than like a giant like high beams headlights yeah. pointing all the way down the highway. <laughs> if you're if you're in the dark, a lamp is great. A lamp is awesome, <laughs> but it's a lamp unto your feet. So yeah. literally. God is mostly only showing you like the next step. It's got to follow it. Got to follow the lamp light. I love that. I love that. It's not like a hunting, like deer light that shows you exactly your whole path, like laid out, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, if you're feeling stuck, be encouraged because God has like a small step for you. And if you just keep following him, you're moving forward. Even if it seems like it's at a snail's pace, he's bringing you where he wants you. And then finally, like, Really, this taught me about worship because worship is about offering ourselves to God. Um, and so, again, I bring up another good Paul one, but uh, Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, 
since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so, like, even if you're, um, you know, serving coffee or even if you're uh, opening shoeboxes and putting stuff on shelves, you know, mm-hmm. do it as if you're doing it for God. That was um, something I kind of regret, like, not incorporating enough into my attitude at past jobs that I've been at. Not just the shoe store, but other right. places, too, that I've worked. Um, when uh, the, when uh, there was a time when we were going to church together and Zach, you and I had a, had a, had a co-pastor and he did a sermon on this and handed out little, these little pieces of paper with mm-hmm. this. And it says, uh, with a, with a question, how do you work? And it had mm-hmm. the, the scripture reference. And so, and I have had that on my desk at work. You for, still have that. I do. I wow. do. Um, so I, I, I've, I've kept that one right, just right on the, right in my monitor at work. Now that's awesome to, 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 uh, on, on the other side of that, I haven't really been in that office in a year now. Um, given the, the worldwide situation, but yeah. it is, it is there waiting for me when I come back. So, wow. but yeah, it, that, that, that is something that I've taken to heart personally quite a bit over the years. Yeah. Your work is for God, even if, um, it's not directly, I mean, yeah. even Paul had like a tent making business mm-hmm. that it talks about in the scripture. Like, you know, I'm sure there were times that that was hard work and maybe Absolutely. didn't feel as rewarding. Like if he had like mean clients or something like that. I don't know. I imagine like the same people who go into like Bass Pro Shop, like coming up to Paul, like, well, this one waterproof, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, no, it's just like sheepskin. (laughs) I I love the idea that they have a they have an uh, American rural accent in in ancient Greece. Oh, yeah. They they've existed forever. (laughs) People with that accent. (laughs) Um, So so uh, last thing I'll say, which I think. Uh, just, just, I'm going to jump to a scripture or two, uh, just to kind of, yeah. So I want to start with a lot of stuff that Paul has spoken about. Um, but mm-hmm. also he references James. So maybe I'll hang on James a bit, but, um, so the scripture that, and I think James is actually referencing something too, but I'm not sure what the original scripture is, but in James four verse six, so four verses earlier from James four ten, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, yeah. but gives grace to the humble. Right. And so interesting part about grace, because we've already talked about 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that says, that talks about the, you know, the grace and the power, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's perfect in weakness. Uh, but so also later, um, and well, not later, but. Uh, it's in first Peter five, five. So that is later in the Bible, but uh, it says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourself, all of you with humility toward one another for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the Mm -hmm. humble. So Mm -hmm. he's referencing that same thing that James references. And then in Romans, it says in Romans 12, three, it says for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with somber judgment, yeah. each according to the measure of faith mm-hmm. that God has assigned. Yeah. And so there's another place where Jesus says like the, the Lords of the Gentiles um, lorded over people. Like they're the masters and like, you have to like follow them. Yeah. But not, not so with you, my disciples, <laughs> you're going to be like humble. <laughs> right. So, so what does that, <laughs> so what does that look like? I think, um, 
it, I read this scripture earlier today and I was talking to Zach and Bob about it. And I felt like mm-hmm. it kind of like sort of hovers around this idea that I'm having about the series in general. And that is, um, if we go to Hebrews five towards the end here, um, starting in verse 11, uh, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing for though by this time you have, you ought to be teachers. So mm-hmm. I would consider all of us, the three of us, and, and this is, this is not a boasting or pride thing. I, I, this is hopefully it's, I want you guys to receive what I'm saying objectively, even if it doesn't sound that way. I think that we have all been experienced and weathered enough Christians, uh, veteran level mm-hmm. or at least intermediate to call ourselves at least novice teachers. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. We've all been in ministry a long time. We're in our thirties. We've been doing this for a long time. We've been in service of the Lord. So I think this applies to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, so in verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. And I looked that up the oracles of God. And as I look for more and more interpretation on that phrase, I believe that it's translating as the like lessons or the words of God that we often forget. Yeah. And so, um, it goes on to say you need milk, not solid food. And we, we've heard kind of this language before for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. Um, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their power of discernment trained by con- constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So um, in taking with all of the things about being humble uh, and about um, not not holding yourself in a high position, I feel like we're all going to find that there are some early stage lessons that we can often forget that are part of our weakness and that it's only when we become humble and allow God's... Yeah oracles of God right. to reteach us those lessons and help to prune us further. Yeah. You have to submit it to God. Yeah. And so uh, that was just a thing I, I came across. It felt very close to what uh, we were discussing. So I thought yeah. I would share that. I really liked it. You shared that scripture with me and I like didn't get where you were going with it at first, mm-hmm. but I think you explained it pretty well. Cause weaknesses um, can be very basic and we often yeah. forget that we have to like go back to the like root of things. To and get so, it right. yeah, any, like your weakness or my weakness, it might seem big to us, but it might be not the thing that somebody else struggles with. And I think too, that is also why God puts us in community. You know, like I think about, um, Ephesians four 11, I think it is where it talks about like how there's, um, prophets, apostles, teachers, shepherds, and evangelists, the different positions and they, yeah. And it says God made them to build up the church and to Mm -hmm. preach the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we are able to do ministry better when we are developing ourselves. And so what it all needs to point us to is that idea of just abiding in God. That's right. Jesus says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. Um, it's, that sounds like an oracle of God. It is an oracle of God. It's literally <laughs> a thing, literally a thing that Jesus said that abide was written in down. Me, that's right. Abide, abide in me in John 15. Um, that's where that's from. But yeah, like how can we be helping each other abide more fully in God so that God can cause that fruit to spring up in all of us? That's right. Thank you so much, Good Zach, deal. for, for sharing of, of yeah. and being yeah, willing to at least 
bear your story. I, I hope I didn't uh, rag on you too hard or anything because <laughs> it'll be my turn next. I'll be like, hey, why are you picking on me? But um, no, uh, I, I guess if we're going to go yeah. in a rotation, I guess it should be my turn next and then Bob afterwards. Thanks for listening and encouraging yeah. and talking through it. Like, oh, Yeah, buddy. Awesome. I hope that you all, uh, listeners, too, have heard um, some things that encourage you as well. Yeah. At the very least, maybe just understand that, um, if some of these things you've gone through, you're, you're not alone in this, yeah. you know, um, so many of us go through the same things or similar things or, you know, have been there before and overcome it or are there right now. And so, um, are, and so that, and that's part of what community does. It helps expose the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that you're not going, you're not alone in this. And that many other people can and do understand what you're going through. And the reason I even brought up the teachers part is because maybe I think for a good portion of our listeners, as far as I understand it, are at least established Christians or a good portion of them. Some of them, mm-hmm. I, I hope there's, I hope there's some people still, you know, kind of working exploring. towards that or exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so that kind of rings true for a lot of people who maybe have been like, oh, well, I'm already past this whole like prestige <laughs> thing. You know, it's like, well, maybe you need to go back and then kind of like reassociate yourself with uh, some of the basics and really like find out where your weakness is mm-hmm. and how God can, God can literally uh, take that from you and, and prune you in that. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, buddy. Thanks so well, much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, I want to ask you all to um, give us some kind of like or some kind of, I don't know if, if you're listening on YouTube, then a like is what you want to do. But if you're on a podcast app, you probably want to hit some kind of rating. Um, actually, please do that. That helps others find us. That's like the biggest thing you could do. Probably even more important than uh, Patreon. Now that I'm involved in a, a new job, I will have some more time. I'm going to get back on Facebook and on a yeah. few more things and kind of spread the word about the podcast yeah, again. Yeah, be great. Um, we have uh, kind of laxed on that a bit. But yes, um, Podbean has a has a great comment section thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Uh, get on there and just tell us what you think. Um, if, you, if you thought it was stinky poop or if you thought it was righteous and great. If, if, if you, if you are using the adjectives of positivity from any of the Bill and Ted movies, then (laughs) we want to hear about it. Was it bogus or was it excellent? (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) It's most excellent. My dudes. So we will, uh, we will catch you next time for part two of the series and Mm -hmm. we will see you then. Patreon.com slash houseplants podcast. Can I do it this time? Peace. Thanks for that. Awesome.